Welcome to the ECG podcast for the week of November 1st, 2019. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Waterman, and this evening I'm joined by Adam Gumbert from Lexington, Kentucky. What's good? We got Zach Cassell from Boston. Pat's undefeated. And of course, Robbie Bobby Miller from Baltimore. <laughs> Dolphins still 0-7. Mm-hmm. And at some point, we'll probably have Mr. George Ravelo from Miami, Florida hop in the podcast. We're running a bit late, but no worries. Uh, we're playing a little bit of catch-up this week. Um, some, some exciting new games have come out, including the Call of Duty Modern Warfare uh, reboot, remake, whatever you want to call it. The Outer Worlds, and uh, we've uh, all kind of been playing a little bit of, uh, of everything here. So uh, we're also going to talk a bit about our BlizzCon 2019 predictions with the recent controversy hanging over the head of uh, Blizzard and some potential huge uh, announcements on the horizon. Thought it would be interesting. And a bit later on in the show, we're going to discuss our uh, biggest 180 ever in terms of opinion for a video game. So uh, good to bad, bad to good, that sort of thing. Uh, what the original opinion was, what the what changed it, and um, where we ended up. So welcome. Good to see you guys uh, again tonight. I know it's been a little bit, so always good to hang out for an hour with all you knuckleheads. How's everyone doing? Good. Good to be back. Don't appreciate being called a knucklehead, but uh, it's we're doing all right. Now, would you deny the charge, sir? <laughs> <laughs> I wear right. it with pride. There you go. See, that's my man right there. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's hop right in with um, we'll do some uh, Call of Duty impressions since I know George has played Outer Worlds as well. Hopefully, he'll hop in at some point and uh, can weigh in on the Outer Worlds. Uh, Zach, you are our one and only mouthpiece for this game. I have seen your uh, your name light up quite a bit on my friend's uh, feed, social feed on Xbox Live. So I take it you're either enjoying it or you hate yourself. So how is it, man? Tell me how you're feeling about it. Yeah, man, uh, I'm loving it. And that's saying a lot because I'm not a big Call of Duty player. Mm-hmm. Um, I played, uh, obviously, a lot of the Modern Warfare series when it came out just because of you know how revolutionary it was in terms of uh, making that jump to modern times as compared to most games before that first person shooters being, you know, set in a previous war. Um, so it was, it was uh, you know, such a drastic change for the series and took a, you know, serious, uh, took on a much more like serious tone and everything. So I was like, man, how are they gonna top that in this one? And I'm not done with the game yet, but, um, it is, it is, the campaign is absolutely incredible so far. Um, I think I'm about five missions away from the end. I think, I think there's like 14 or something like that. If I'm, correct on that i may be wrong but each mission man is awesome they're not all you know super long missions some of them are much shorter than others a lot some of them are more intimate than others um you know some of them are uh, a lot bigger have you doing a lot more going uh, a lot more places others are confined to um much smaller area um for instance there's like you know a mission where you're in a in a house and like that's the majority of the missions in this one little house and like the speed and pace of that mission is is awesome and uh just you know they're taking a lot of um i feel like they took a lot of the criticisms um and applied them to this game because well not applied them like fixed them because man like everything the the characters are engaging um the story is super mature like they really 
like brought it back to what made Call of Duty Four so special, and it's it's uh <clears throat> you know better than I thought it was gonna be, and I thought it was gonna be great. Um, but yeah, man, it's just uh, like I said, I'm not a huge Call of Duty player. I'm horrible at the multiplayer, but you know I still play it, uh, especially for Modern Warfare. Like uh, it's really the only Call of Duty game uh, where I played uh, the multiplayer like heavily. Um, so, you know, it's good to be back in that and, and kind of get that same feel and everything. And, you know, with the kill streaks and, you know, if you're not, if you're not as good at the game, like I am, uh, when you hit level 49, you unlock, uh, the ability to get score streaks. So if you prefer to, you know, like play some domination or something and strictly capture objectives and, you know, like to focus on that aspect and get a kill, you know, here and there, like me, that's probably better for you. So you can, you know, um. Uh, contribute and get these, uh, you know, kill streaks by not, you know, actually getting kills because there is just no chance. Like I, me personally, I'll ever get whatever uh, fifteen kills in a row, you know, twenty kills in a row to get the juggernaut suit and all that. But it's still so so much fun. Like the gameplay is is tight as ever. The guns all feel uh, good. Um, the amount of customization for each weapon is crazy. And the ability to customize your weapons uh, mid-game uh, is incredible. You know, you unlock a scope that you've been waiting for. Boom, you can throw it on mid-game. You know, who knows? It could turn the game around for you if it's what you've been waiting for. But, like, even the ability to put, you know, there's so many different paints to put on your guns. You can put um, charms on your guns. I don't know if you guys ever played, like, Rainbow Six Siege. You can put the little charms on your weapons. They got something like that. Um, you can they have put that in Borderlands, like that, yeah. which is kind of a, a nice little subtle thing, but it's cool. It's a nice little bit of customization. Yeah, it's cool because, like, especially for a game like Call of Duty, where there is a kill cam, so like when you do get killed, you get to see, you know, if somebody doesn't just skip the kill cam a lot of the time, like I do out of frustration. Um, you know, you get to see like that charm, and you get to put stickers on your gun and stuff. So, I mean, it sounds kind of like cheesy, but. Oh, that's kind of cool. Like you unlock stickers and not everybody may unlock them because in order to unlock a lot of the customization things, there's like um, there's these challenges and uh, it's like different challenge trees, I guess, is the best way to put it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And like so there's like six steps in like one challenge and like step one will be to get 10 headshots with a light machine gun and you'll unlock like a banner for behind your name or something. and um. You know, step two will be like get 50 captures and dominations and then you'll get like a cool emblem to put next to your name or something. So that's how you unlock like a lot of the stuff. And um, it's cool because like, you know, not everybody is going to take the time to go through and do those challenges. So you are able to customize your weapon in a way where, it, you know, it can stand out. So when you do get those um, kill cams, like, you know, if you have an awesome paint with some cool stickers in all the different locations and you got like a charm that you worked really hard for, you know, it's cool to be able to show that kind of stuff off. Um, There's watches in the game, but uh, I don't know how to get them other than um, there's this uh, veterans pack that you can buy that it's 10 bucks and it goes towards 100% of the proceeds go towards veterans uh like helping the veterans or something uh and it's literally just a watch but it's just another cool cosmetic that you can see in in those kill cams and everything but yeah man as far as like gameplay and everything goes it's as tight as ever um uh it looks absolutely incredible the cutscenes are just gorgeous like if somebody walked in 
and and didn't know you were playing a game in the cutscene, man. I swear, like it looks, it would look like a movie. That's how good it looks. It's incredible. The voice acting's all done extremely well, man. Like the, um, you know, shooting indoors versus going outdoors. You know, there's just the sound is is you know impeccably done. It's just they 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 really did a good job, and and it's awesome. I I haven't I haven't jumped much into Spec Ops yet, um, which I really want to, but I kind of I, I want to get through the campaign and. Um, you know, uh, before I jump into that, uh, really heavily, I did a little mission, uh, with my buddy and we couldn't even get past it. It was so hard. So, but that was just me and him on, you know, private. So, I mean, I'm sure with four people, it's a lot easier, but yeah, man, they, they killed it. They, they knocked it out the park. I think that this game, uh, and it's, you know, it's, it's obvious that I'm clearly not the only person who thinks this way. They, they say that it's the best selling or fastest selling call of duty uh of the new generation of consoles so from 2013 to now this is uh, i guess the biggest selling call of duty uh, at launch or something like that so that's pretty cool and uh i'm so glad that it is successful because it just shows how much people were clamoring for this kind of a game after getting you know black ops 4 and infinite warfare and advanced warfare which was like titanfall and not that titanfall is a bad game because it's not it's incredible but i'm just saying like People didn't want that in their Call of Duty. People, you know, wanted that in Titanfall. So it's good to go back to what made, well, not what made Call of Duty, but what blew Call of Duty up into the phenomenon that, uh, you know, it became. So uh, a couple things. George is now uh, here with us. Welcome, George. What up? What up? I know he's going to go ahead and uh, offer, you know, uh, his opinion, too, since apparently I lied and he has uh, played the retail release of Call of Duty. And uh, I just wanted to ask one thing. Um, is there a um, all gillied up type mission in this game. I remember that being the standout thing uh, that in the original Modern Warfare in terms of like mission structure, along with you know the uh, the sequence where one of your characters uh, goes down at the helicopter. That's all I'll say. Um, being you know uh, really really cool, seminal, like jaw dropping. Is there something like similar in this one? Not that I've gotten to yet. Um, like I said, I still have a few missions to go. Um, <clears throat> that house mission that I played was super cool. Like I said, it was really different. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to give anything away because, like I said, it is cool. It's not on the same level as All Gillied Up by any means, but definitely a cool moment so far. Probably the closest to that that I've seen, um, but uh, <clears throat> not yet, unfortunately. Okay. Fair, fair enough. Uh, George, uh, go ahead, man. Yeah. Weigh, weigh in. Let us know um, how, how you're finding. I, I um, so, confess um, I did not know you. <laughs> No, nah, so yeah, I actually just picked it up yesterday. Um, actually, I wasn't going to pick it up quite right away, but me and a friend were talking, and I was asking him if it picked up Outer Worlds, and somewhere in the, uh, and this is Ryan, by the way, we, somewhere we kind of got lost in it, and then he thought I was talking about Call of Duty, so he went and bought it, told me he bought it. So then I felt obligated, and like, all right, I guess I got to buy it now. So I ended up starting to play yesterday, and I and so my thoughts on it, I do want to preface this by saying that I am just a multiplayer guy. I am just like a PVP guy. I don't give a shit about story. I don't give a shit about campaign. I don't care about, you know, how my player looks, how, you know, all the custom customization. There seems to be a lot, but I just, I just want to get in there and shoot people. I'm sure the campaign is great. Just like, I'm not a big first person shooter campaign guy. Um, and for me, uh, I played a lot of games yesterday, and I will say that I played them all with crossplay. All right, so I played with uh, some friends on a PS4, and the multiplayer for me felt like hot garbage. Um, I, 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 it wasn't all that great. Um, I, I felt 
and I don't remember all the specifics, but I felt like I enjoyed the beta so much more. I don't know exactly. I don't remember what is different. And I don't know if maybe the fact that I played exclusively crossplay put me at a disadvantage against like some PC players. Um, but I had a lot of complaints about the way that things rolled out yesterday. For me, it's still early, so I could just be in that period where I'm kind of getting used to it. But for me personally, and I consider myself a pretty good like you know first-person shooter player, um, this was by far my like the roughest start that I've ever had to any Call of Duty, let alone any FPS that I ever played. Um, I had a lot of issues with with matchmaking. I don't know if this has something to do with crossplay, but I would say about half of the games that I played yesterday, at least half, um, had um, had unbalanced teams. And I'm not talking about like down a man. I'm talking like I had a game where the the entire game was six on one. Um, I had another game where it was three on six. Um, and and then a, a ton of like you know just being down one person. But I had so many instances where the entire game went on without filling the team. Um, so Presumably, like, crossplay would should fix that. That should be less of an issue if anything. So but... here's so so the vast majority from at least from my friends because I've got a lot of friends. This game had a lot of hype behind it, right? So I'll have a lot of friends that I've never played video games with that that have this game because of like you know some of the um like what's that word English is um. When you look uh, reminiscing, I guess whatever um, on on the old games. Oh, but... nostalgia! Nostalgia. There you go. Sorry, yep. English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Language. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, so uh, almost all of them have crossplay disabled, um, mostly because of um, not enjoying playing against mouse and keyboard players, who we all know have a bit of an advantage with this kind of stuff. Um, so. I think, I mean, I don't know what the numbers are on that, but I think a large amount of console players have it disabled. Um, so, I, you know, that's that was my, like, just my hypothesis as to why we were having issues with so many unbalanced matches. Um, you know, that I don't know how many people are on console or using the crossplay fund, um, you know, but but we had a lot of issues with, with matches like that. Well, we're at handicap or the other team was handicapped. So it, it kind of made it not, not a great experience. Um, as far as I think there's a bit of a learning curve with the weapons that you start out with, you know, it only takes a few games to go up the levels again so you can start customizing stuff, but the stuff that you start off with is pretty shitty. Um, so for me that I just started playing yesterday, obviously I'm a few days behind launch. Um, you could definitely feel the disadvantage. The cool thing I will say is that when someone kills you, you can copy their loadout. So you can immediately use what they were using. So I was doing that quite often. Um, the other complaint that I had, look, it's a solid game. It's not, it's not terrible by any means. I don't mean to bash it, but there's a, I mean, I don't think you'll find anywhere that rates is as high as the original Modern Warfare or even Modern Warfare 2, that matter. Uh, probably not even as strong as the World at War game. I don't, I don't think it's, it's the original Modern Warfare. It uses a lot of the same stuff. Um, the gunplay is, is quite solid. Um, but I think where it falls short is level design. Level designs are maybe too intricate here in terms of like there's a lot of camping like it, the 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 maps at least the, the vast majority that i played really are a hotbed for camping a lot of second floor buildings that you can hide in with maybe one or two entrances and you know they're littered with claymores you know it's tough and a lot of those domination games coming in, in and of... out for you guys oh i'm sorry no he's smooth no, it's smooth fine, me. Oh, okay. okay yeah it's probably my connection sorry continue george ignore me. all right so yeah, I just had a lot of instances where you 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 couldn't in in the original Modern Warfare, man, you could camp, 
you know, but you could just run out, go guns blazing and just be a fast, high paced, you know, fast paced player and, and really dominate, you know, and, you know, it just, it just seems more difficult to do that. You know, it, it, you have to, it is more tactical than the original Modern Warfare, in my opinion, whether that's a bad or a good thing, whether you like that or not, I think that's just preference, but it did feel like you had to play more cohesive as a team. You had to camp a lot more because you're playing against a lot of camping. Um, but I played maybe about four or five hours, so I'm still in the early phases. But um, it, it's a solid game, you know. I just, uh, you know, I don't think it quite lives up to the original Modern Warfare's, but it's not bad by any means. I'm going to try playing without some of the crossplay, see if I feel anything differently, and kind of getting used to it a bit. But, um, you know, I'm not not completely sold. On the beta, I played exclusive, exclusively with no crossplay, and it just felt like a better experience for me, but could have just been an off night. Yeah, so real quick, I'll piggyback off something that he was saying. There, there is an incredible amount of camping in this game, and I literally opened every single door and looked down, and there's a Claymore, whether it's from my teammates or me. And I'm not me, I'm sorry, my teammates or the enemy. And... um. The map design, I guess, is new for um, this year's Call of Duty, so they're not symmetrical or anything. It's not the same on one side of the map as it yep. is on the other. So, um, yeah, where you spawn matters, right? Like, it, it, you can be put at a disadvantage by face off. Yeah, spawn camping is a huge, huge deal right now. It's it's bad, especially when you play like domination, where it. I, w- I don't want to say like it encourages you to camp, but you have to defend your point. Yep. So. Like it just man, like if there are certain maps where if you just control this point and somebody gets in a good spot, it's almost impossible unless you have like full coordination or just a team that absolutely knows what they're doing to go in and take this point from them because there's just too much of an advantage for the team. You know, uh, they have such an advantageous spot that it's hard for you to come back. And then that's when he was saying like people will quit. And then it, you know, it sometimes it doesn't put players in for the rest of the game. Other times you'll get lucky. People will come in. The cool thing is, is like if you do join a game late or anything, it doesn't count that as a loss for you if you lose. Um, so I mean, I guess that's a plus. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely you know some problems with the multiplayer uh, for sure. Um, I am assuming that they would look at the very large amount of the community that is complaining about like spawn camping and everything. It's such, it's like a meme. It's all over Facebook. I'm seeing it everywhere. So they they have to be looking at, looking at that. And I, I honestly think like if they, if they're able to fix that, um, yeah, it'll not that the game is, is, you know, people aren't playing like the people that aren't playing because of it are like a, a huge hit to the amount of players that are, but like it'll bring people back who you know do get frustrated, like me. Like I, I, I couldn't take it one time. I was like, I, I, I can't play this anymore, and I had to shut it off because I was. It just wouldn't stop, especially when like when the same guy kills you over and over. Like, oh, this dude, here he is again. Yeah, and, yeah. I, you know what? I also think my so, and I hate calling for a game to it to like kind of promote playing less tactical, right, and more like chaotic. But the thing is, when you compare this Call of Duty to the old ones, right, Modern Warfare 1 and 2, like, that open, crazy, like, party, like, lobby is, is dead. Like, that doesn't happen anymore. The vast majority of people are in their own private parties with one or mm-hmm. two friends. You, that, that whole crazy lobby with the 12-year-old saying that they're going to bang your mom and all that shit, like, 
those were crazy, right? But the thing is, like, you kind of forced everyone to talk to each other. So you, like, you still had games, and yeah, people were talking shit, and people even playing music in the background, but you could still communicate with a team. You know, if your yeah. objective is to win the game, there was still that level of being able to say what's going on, you know, even if it's very, very, like, primitive, right? It's not like some crazy, you're using these high-tech strategies, but you're able to kind of just generally communicate a few things. And yeah, even just basic call-outs. Right, that's basically dead because, and and I'm guilty of it too because I don't want to hear anybody else. I just want to go in there, play just kind of mindlessly with a couple of my friends, and that's it. So, you know, because that's dead, it feels like there's a lot of momentum swings in the game, right? Like if a team just kind of, even when it's not domination, they hold down. Um, I forgot what map it is where if you if there's like a big building in the middle with several floors um and a lot of broken walls and they can kind of essentially camp that building and the opposing team will always spawn out in the middle of the street out in the open and it's impossible to storm it unless you're like super coordinated so when that kind of thing happens like it's almost like there's no coming back from it like even if you go and i'll get like two or three kills like before i can even get inside they're already respawned so they definitely got to fix a couple of things i do think it's fixable but i just think that you know, man, for me, the maps in Modern Warfare 1 and 2 uh, were just, like, perfect. Man. Like, they were perfect for the different game modes, um, and, and they were just more balanced. Here, I think they put a little bit too much emphasis on making them, uh, like, very intricate, very detailed, having a lot of depth to it. But, it you know, it hurts the competitive multiplayer aspect puts so much crap like now one <clears throat> one thing i think that's pretty cool that they did add that i've noticed other games are doing too is i think they tried to take into account the fact that people don't <clears throat> excuse me that they don't talk to each other anymore in game chat and everything so it's pretty cool how like i'll be sitting there and if there's a player running up behind me you'll hear his character be like i got your six or something like that, or you'll like if, if if he runs through the door and like kicks the door and there's no one in there, like he'll yell clear. Uh, if if he's if you're even if your character like if you aim and you don't see an an enemy but your character does, like if there's an enemy on screen but you can't see, and like if you get what I'm trying to say, like your character yeah, will. Yeah, yeah. Your character will call out like, "Oh, you know, whatever a enemy over in in the restaurant or whatever." Yeah, and, wasn't there a perk in the old ones too, where you could actually listen to their like whatever they were saying if you were close enough to them? I'm not sure. Hear, I, I think one of the old <laughs> ones had like some sort of perk like that that was uh, that you could literally just hear their party chat for anyone that was like around a certain radius like that. I forgot what it was, but that was kind of cool too. But yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Uh, so I think, I think that's a pretty cool thing. I don't. Does it work if you're in like a private party? Like I don't mean like the game party, like like an Xbox Live or a PlayStation. Yeah, party your character, your in? characters. Yeah, because it's it's like an in-game. It's like on the game audio. Okay. Yeah, it's game exactly. That's what I was looking for. It's game audio, so it's your character just calling it out, or you know, and you'll be running, and if if you know your buddy takes a corner and you can't see him anymore, uh. He he, his you could, but you can hear his character. His character would be like a guy on the rooftop or whatever, and you know he's not gonna. I don't. He doesn't say what rooftop, but at least you know if you look up, <laughs> One of you're them. gonna, yeah. yeah, you're gonna see somebody. So I mean, like it's not as good of a call out as somebody who can give you something specific, but at least it's like a step in the right direction to try and mend that. Yeah, it's got potential, man. It's not bad. I hope it gets better. They have some things that they need to work on. Yeah, I mean, like it's. Exactly, yeah, for sure. Like it's what one one week after release, or not even a couple days after release. It sounds like all these issues are patchable as well. Exactly, like, yeah. 
it doesn't sound like there's anything fundamentally and this is somebody from you know i mean completely on the outside on this one but um i don't hear anything discussed that where i'm like oof you know yeah but like the gunplay is clean the gunplay is clean shotguns are a little overpowered right now i would say wicked bad yeah um but but you know overall the, the gunplay is is really good very very good, good. Very nice. Well, let's go ahead and transition to the Outer Worlds, the other big game that came out in the past uh, couple of weeks. I know um, Adam, myself, George, I uh, have all been playing it. Uh, I uh, am, ooh, I think, like eight hours in at this point, maybe like seven. So I have hit, um, what's that place called, George? Refle- re- uh, refresh my memory. Groundbreakers. Yeah, thank you. Yep, yeah. thank you. And I'm just getting more quests than I can fucking stomach right now, but uh, yeah. I am overall having a really good time. Um, I've finally like seeing a lot of the personality shine through and have gotten some ship companions and stuff. And uh, overall really liking the game. Um, you know, the aesthetic, the music, the story, the humor, all of it's working really well for me. Um, how do you feel about it, Adam? You liking it? Uh, yeah. Super dope. Love this game. It's one of those things where it's like, Oh yeah, I like everything obsidian does and it's fallout new Vegas meets firefly so i don't know how you couldn't like that <laughs> that's pretty much how yeah. I feel. <laughs> that's fair yeah and i think one of the things that i love is in the same way that firefly could tackle poignant issues and storylines but also just be chock full of goofiness like this walks that line very well as you know like you can tell when it's gonna time to be serious and then like you know when it's time to kind of hit the gas and and be stupid like it's not afraid to do that either um so i think that's that's a really nice accomplishment um it's subtle in a way and don't get me wrong don't jump down my throat bobby i promise i I mean this in the best possible way but in the way that like borderlands is like really juvenile and uh, i feel like you know um for better or worse depending on whether you like it or not like that humor is pretty consistently of a certain kind of tone and ilk um you know it's potty humor it's it's you know dick jokes and stuff um again totally fine i love borderlands but uh like this i think has a lot more kind of subtlety to it that i really appreciate um yeah it's been great without any spoilers what uh uh, what planet are you on adam uh i am on monarch okay but i also just do everything like i do every side quest and do every companion i i probably put because I don't know how far into the game Monarch is, but I've probably put 12 hours in the game so far, and that's where I am. But I, like I said, I do everything. Okay. My character is level 17 or 18 or something like that. Um, okay. And I'm not... Story-wise, main story, I don't know how far I am. It doesn't feel super, super far, but I've put a ton of time in, because like I said, I do every side thing, every companion quest, every side quest, I do all that. Gotcha. I, I hit the game pretty hard, man. I played a lot on Saturday in particular. I'm actually like closer to 20 hours into the game. I think my character is like level 20 something. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure if it's 20 or 25. I don't know. There's a big gap. But so for for me, I, I like the game a lot, man. For a free game with Game Pass, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, without any spoilers, the Groundbreaker, which is like the second area, it's for me like the make or break thing. Um, that's why I was giving you a heads up, Chris. Like it can be overwhelming because it is almost strictly all dialogue um but the game really turns it up right after that um me like what i like it like i also feel a little bit of uh, knights of the old republic 2 in it mixed with the, the fallout um you know i'm in, i'm enjoying the game quite a bit story is pretty cool 
it is really heavy on dialogue overall, you know? So sometimes I'm skipping through a couple of things because I don't have the greatest attention span for that kind of shit, but, but it's fun. Um, my, uh, I think what I, what I would say is like, maybe I should have played it in a more difficult setting. Like it really seems for me in my playthrough, like the modding of the gear and weapons is kind of irrelevant and really necessary. Um, I'm having no issues mowing down anything really. Um, what so difficulty maybe, are you playing on normal? I think I just, yeah, the regular one. Yeah. Um, I, I probably should have. It's uh, the early part of the game was pretty difficult at times. Like yeah. I, I immediately knew that like I was somewhere I wasn't supposed to be, or like I had to take a more tactical approach. Like I died a lot. I'm dying less now that I have companions and like kind of a better grasp on like, like I made the mistake of using the, um, the time slowdown thing and thinking that like I immediately needed to start shooting and came to realize like a couple hours in that you can like as long as you're not firing like that meter drains really slow so you can get information by hovering over like the different limbs and parts of the enemies yeah. and kind of see what you want to do which is kind of cool but uh hard's not too hard like it's it's just challenging enough I think for the yeah, most part. Yeah, I pro I probably should have done that cuz I'm not lie, I probably died one time and that one time is because I shot one of those mines too when mm. I was too close to it. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I, my biggest thing was, like, I, I normally play the games in, like, a hard, the harder difficulty, but I, I just, I got a lot of stuff coming up, and I was like, nah, I just kind of want to get through this story. So, that's my only thing. On normal, mods and all that shit is almost, almost useless. Um, I haven't, I don't even think I've modded a single weapon except for the one that you're forced to mod. At. Um, but what I really dig about this one is that it feels like you can do an area, right, like a planet, clear it all, and move on. You know, you may have to come back to it for like one or two little side things. But for the most part, you feel like you've done everything on this planet, every side quest, every quest that you can possibly do, and you're done. And you kind of move on to the next one. You're not kind of like, there's some open world games that get kind of exhausting because you're going back and forth between these planets over and over. You're never really sure if you're almost done with it. So it's cool that you can, I can sit there and clear a bunch of quests and then go turn them all in. Um, I do think, again, without going into spoilers, at least so far... I feel like the game lacks um, the the gravity of some of those big decisions and some some of the more popular Fallout games. Um, it seems like so far there's always like what I call the cop out, you know, possibility where you can still kind of try to make every everybody happy. Like there's still like a quote unquote ideal um, solution so far from what I've seen. Um, so you know, while the decisions in the game and all that stuff seem really cool and they're they're awesome, I really enjoy it. I do think they. I haven't had anything just yet that that feels like at the magnitude of some of the big like Fallout ones. Um, yeah, that's like a mega, probably, like a megaton kind of like yeah, moment. Exactly, like a whole shit. Like I don't know which one to go, and I'm googling the how it ends and and giving myself all kinds of spoilers because I don't want to fuck it up. Like, <laughs> yeah, like you know, like it, like that. That the gravity of those decisions, I haven't felt that in this game. You know, I think it's a it's a it's a notch below in that aspect. But you know, none, nonetheless, the game is super fun, man. What, what class are you running? Uh, we'll start at what are you uh, what are you running? What kind of character? Uh, sort of a smart character, not necessarily a smart character. I'm pretty much good at everything except for hand to hand melee physical stuff and yeah. being a leader. But I'm perfect at everything else. So it's like tech, science, dialogue guns great at all that don't get me in the in the fisticuffs because i'll get my ass beat uh otherwise i can do everything and i love i love the dialogue. you can just skip so much stuff if you have a good dialogue uh you skill persuade just, that's a just big persuade one. the hell out of I people went all in i'm persuaded 
Yeah, it's so good. There's there's a lot of different builds because there's stuff you can do with um, if you take the leadership thing, which I think is uh, makes your companion stuff better. There's apparently stuff in there too. Um, I'm gonna replay it as a super dumb character because if you play like the really stupid character, there's dialogue options that only they have that can get you past stuff. So it's like I gotta try that out because right now I'm a super smart guy. Yeah, that sounded hilarious, and I'll talk about that a bit more in, in our next topic. But um, one of the things that convinced me to play this game was hearing a couple of the devs talk on a Podcast Unlock a couple of weeks ago, and they were talking about that particular um, type of role play, and it sounded fucking hilarious. So I was like, "Oh man, like this is actually really making me want to play the game now," because um, of their design approach. There, um, I'm with you, except that like I. And like medium good at like anything science, like really strong and leadership persuade and um, like uh, sneak stuff. And then like, I'm, you know, decent, like on the range weapons. Um, but I like being able to open every damn thing that I come across or hack every terminal, which is uh, which is cool. Uh, I think this game is a compelling case yet again. Uh, how good of a value Game Pass is on Microsoft continues to be just a excellent service and if gears five and outer worlds is any indication of what like the coming years can hold for like for you know being a game pass subscriber i don't see myself getting out of that service anytime soon which is hey good value proposition for sure i can't wait to do another playthrough where i just kill everything that's i don't know if we touched on that the fact that i think every is killable really i think every, every if i'm not mistaken every, you can kill every there is wow. there's no one in that game that you can't off shit that sounds uh that sounds kind of crazy go full like massacre um, <laughs> just fucking kill everyone <laughs> uh anything else anybody want to add about outer worlds i mean i just really got nothing but positive things myself as far as i'm interested to keep playing more but zach bobby you guys gonna hop on that uh, i bought it but i haven't played it yet that or call of duty <clears throat> but you paid for it you paid 60 bucks for it yeah a playstation yeah uh yep the other one i didn't even know it was on game pass until um, Chris said something at the beginning, which I was like, "Oh damn, okay." Damn, yeah, probably cheaper buying yeah, a, a Game Pass uh, membership. <laughs> I keep forgetting that I have it. It's like I, I missed out on everything. You opened it already? Um, I would return that shit. Man. Oh no, no, I haven't. I please, I have so many games that plastic. My butt return out. it then, man. Return it and play it on the Xbox. Yeah, I'm with George. Return it. <laughs> Unless you're married to the, uh, you know, I know sometimes like trophies. No, and- I no, I, I well, I like trophies, but it's. It's just most of my friends used to play all the games on PlayStation, but now like multiplayer games, I'm glad most of the games are now crossplay uh, because it seems like multiplayer PlayStation. Yeah, it's weird how that happens between generations yeah, and stuff. You know, um, it's I, I've, that's why I'm just I'm stubborn. I'm just con- I will consistently be Xbox first, but uh, I'll always will eventually own a PlayStation. Like each generation yep. just a matter of when there's enough games that i can't stand to not play that where i make the decision or it gets cheap enough one of the two yeah same here that's what i've done with every everything from ps2 onward eventually get it play all the good stuff for like really cheap move on yeah yep. that's what i've mostly done is gone to switch xbox went back to playstation for nice well let's do a bit of a lightning round for our um next two topics uh really quickly um just to update to the BlizzCon situation. Uh, what the hell do you guys think is going to happen at BlizzCon this year? Uh, rumored that they're going to announce Overwatch 2, which will include a story mode, like a full-on campaign, um, and have sort of a Fortnite-style kind of reboot-type thing or like Chapter 2-type thing. Um, and then, of course, Diablo 4. Um, in terms of like the vibe of that 
conference. Do you think people have calmed down enough over the Hong Kong Blitzchunk thing, or do you think it's liable to be a bit of a shit show? I, mean, I think in online protests are steady and ready to happen. So sure. I I think they're like I think it's kind of a bitch move that they've been they've been leaking a bunch of Overwatch. Too. Like like I, I don't care. It's it's them. It's coming from them. Uh, I think they're intentionally leaking all that stuff to try to try to generate some good press because I mean Overwatch right now everybody loves Overwatch right like it's a, it's a very popular thing um, and I think that they've done that um, on purpose to try to generate some good press some good hype and get people excited um, about about BlizzCon and I mean I get it you know it's a, it's a PR move but you know like I think I think it's almost insulting like or you know it's pretty much insulting to their 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 fan base that's still upset over regarding what happened, um, you know, because they kind of half-ass addressed it. I mean, they reduced the suspension, gave the kid his money, but, um, you know, I don't think they went about it the right way and just trying to, like, sweep it under the rug with uh, with the, all the leaks that are coming out for Overwatch. I'm excited for Overwatch too, man. Like, uh, you know, I'll buy it. I'm, um, but, yeah, I think I think you're going to have some protests. Like do they address? Do they address like, the elephant in the room at BlizzCon, or do they pretend like no, none of this happened? You no, don't think they I talk mean, about it at all? I, I don't. You. I mean, man, if they did, like I like like we talked we talked about this before, right? Like whoever their PR person is, like they need to be fired, man. Like yeah. if 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 you're going to choose BlizzCon as the moment where you're gonna say something, mm-hmm. like why wouldn't you just do it ahead of time, man? If they would have just owned up to like, I'm sorry, we handled it poorly. We should not have put the, mm. the priorities of our investors over you know uh you know whatever man or our, our, our players um bro it would have it would have boiled over by the time blizzcon and now instead of blizzcon is being surrounded by this shit i think like i man, think like, i think their magic bullet could be like if they could somehow convince blitz uh blitz chung to come up on stage fucking you know have a i don't know <laughs> I jeff think they kaplan, turn on him <laughs> jeff jeff kaplan um you know uh like with his arm around him and say, you know, all right, like address this before we kick off the festival. Like we fucked up with this. We've been having conversations with him behind the scenes. Um, you know, we were walked this back like effective today, blah, blah, blah. He's back in the Hearthstone community and moving forward. Like, you know, we're going to do better um, with this. And then like, maybe even like there's a surprise panel where, you know, he is, they're like at BlizzCon talking about, I don't know, fucking the protest in Hong Kong or some shit like that. I think there is a way to do it where you could address the, do I think they're going to do that? Like, absolutely not. But, um, but, He's but still like, suspended, right? It's took him six months. Yeah, that's what like, I'm saying. But I think if you bring him out on, if they were to bring him out on stage and like just grovel before the thing even kicks off, like get it out of the way, like you may have a chance to neutralize the rest of that situation. But I, I don't know that that, it would happen but i think that's the only thing that you could possibly do to like placate people i think if they did a full my bad had them up there united front um and then you know just like the chinese swat comes in arrest them and they're like this is all a fucking trick motherfucker no (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) i'd also like i'd be worried like man if i I could see people kind of turning on on him with blitz chung or whatever i could i could see people giving him backlash for 
for pandering to them if if they did something like that together too man. Uh, I don't, I, it just depends on how I, they message it. I just I don't feel like they can't address it, but I also don't feel like they can either. I think they're in the shittiest possible position you could be in. Yeah, no, it, I, 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 yeah, they definitely could. They definitely could. I just think it would be like the, it would it would just be like really poor timing. Like, what if you were willing to do it? Why not have just done that weeks ago and and it'd be over by now, man? Like. Don't you think that if what what if they plan to do anything at BlizzCon, they had just done that same thing a few weeks ago, or hell, remember they remember they canceled? I think the uh, narrative has just gotten away from the, and they've they've been quiet, and I think they've had enough time to consider. They have to yep. have some sort of plan, whether they address it directly or they have a plan in place to try to mitigate how bad the protest could potentially be. Yeah, like maybe. you know, there has to be like a contingency plan for if things really get out of hand like they have to be planning for the unless they're complete idiots like they have to be planning for the absolute worst like what do you do if an auditorium full of people mic'd or not like if you have the full auditorium full of people start chanting that shit will pick up on the presenter mic and you're in trouble like what do you do i just you don't know, even that's, think... I came on to... oh i'm sorry zach go ahead <clears throat> i'm sorry real quick i was gonna say i don't even think that that many people are gonna pay to go to this event just to hijack it um yeah i think the people that are going that are still going to this event are people that are standing behind blizzard there's obviously going to be the protesters on the outside for sure there's absolutely no way around that and you might get some that do go in but i think the majority of the people that are going to blizzcon are people who stand behind blizzard who love blizzard's games and everything and want to see what they're going to do with the future and aren't looking to the past so yeah i mean yeah. yeah you could be right i but i also don't ever underestimate the hate of the you know of the internet like uh, oh for sure yeah you not in this not in this day and age i don't man. know man. You internet count anything hate, out internet hate doesn't show up in person most of the time so also know. true also yeah. a good point <laughs> yeah, yeah it's the, the airborne area 51 <laughs> raid yeah yeah also a good point to see how they if protesters do get in to see what happens to the protesters that come inside I, I think it's going to be like Zach said. There'll be a lot of people protesting outside. I, my guess is a handful of people will, will do something stupid inside. Like, I'm talking like four or five people, you know, like, uh, you know, it just bursts and getting kicked out of the event. I could see that. But they're going to no have Q&A. security, yeah. you know. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna limit Q&As. Like, I mean, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a, you know, the experience is not going to be as great for people involved. I think it'll go on fine. You know, I just think they're, they just went about this poorly and it kind of got worse like they even like two weeks ago then they canceled their their overwatch launch event um that was like that was yeah that was like super close to when it happened and they were going to do a launch event for overwatch in new york or something but i guess like they were getting threats of like i don't know in california right which is like super liberal man so yeah people be out there it was interesting that all the leaks started coming out as soon as mitsubishi pulled all their sponsorship I mean, I 100% agree with George. That's definitely either an official or like you might as well be official, like Blizzard employee that's putting that stuff out there for yeah, sort of shift the narrative. Because I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like despite what happens at the you know how big it gets, like I feel like Overwatch to Diablo Four are like two huge game announcements that will ultimately overshadow. I mean, that's going to be stuff that like will be talked about like i'm sure the the you know some of the stuff that goes out of the conference would be covered but I, there's no gaming site that i can think of that's going to talk about any of that over those things like at the end of the day like that's what's going to have the most coverage so Didn't it happened to somebody else though 
wasn't it a, like a Magic the Gathering? Uh, another person. Oh yeah, Lee Shi Tian was wearing the red scarf at the Mythic Championships, and they were forced to clarify their position with him going. I guess they hadn't made a decision yet hmm. with him wearing. Hadn't heard uh, about that. No. I mean, Ma- Magic the Gathering. I mean, Hearthstone. Magic. <laughs> the yeah, words, yeah. Walter White. <laughs> Yo, Magic the Gathering was huge at PAX East this year. Oh god, yeah. They had I used to love me some MTG man. I used to play the fuck out of that and. Uh, but <laughs> going back to the games, I guess, yeah, like you said, Overwatch 2, especially if you have a super solid single player for that, man, like those characters are so loved and like they're so awesome. And each one has such a unique personality that like I myself, I would love to have a campaign in that world. It would be so cool. Um, and Diablo 4, man, people have been clamoring for this game, especially after Diablo Immortal got announced last year. Yeah. Um, um, I don't think it was a slap in the face to people. I just think that so many people wanted Diablo 4 that it's, since it wasn't, they you know, could have done a better job tempering the expectations. I yeah, do feel I agree. like I do feel like they weren't entirely clear. Like if you go back and kind of look at that timeline, like they uh, they really did try to kind of sort of imply that it might be, you know, a big Diablo announcement. Um, and I think they could have just been a little more clear as all. And I think that people would have been much more fine with it. Um, yeah. I just think they were trying to create hype behind this Diablo since it is smaller. So they wanted to make sure. it seem more grand than it was. Yep. Um, not that it's not grand, you know, because like I felt so bad for that developer on stage, man. Like he was just looked like a deer in headlights. Um, well, per- apparently the kid yeah. lied to the moderator. That was kind of what came out after the fact, like about what his question was going to be. So. Oh, I'm, I'm assuming. And, that, and, that, and that's another reason why they're just not even going to do. I don't think they'll do Q&A <laughs> this year because like, yeah, yeah. You, you can't screen everyone. So like that just like, how, yeah, just just this is no way to make sure that somebody doesn't say something like that or about the protests or, or anything of that nature. But yeah. And then I guess supposedly there's still like three other um panels or something like that that are unannounced that we don't know what they are blitz chunk telling you calling it right now i'm walking it back <laughs> they're giving him a panel <laughs> so if those uh if those are other game announcements and, and uh you know i i think that um i've i've been reading up on it a lot and i i guess like blizzard planned on going big this year and no matter what um but you know, I guess they're just putting their foot, you know, the pedal to the metal because of what happened, like even more so. Like I said, they they need to um, put news out there that they can control and they need to put news out there that uh, puts them in a positive light. No one's talking negatively about them. Everybody's talking about the hype for these games. So if they're able to come out with something that like no one's expecting and it just blows people away, I think, uh, you know, it'll it'll uh, steer the ship in, in the right direction. Very cool. Be a very interesting uh, convention, that is for sure. Let's uh, let's wind it down here and move into just quickly. It doesn't have to be super detailed or involved, but uh, our biggest gaming 180. So as I said, just your biggest um, opinion change on a game for, like I said, from good to bad, bad to, to good, however you want to, um, you know, tackle, tackle it. But uh, anybody want to volunteer? For, for their example, anybody got a good one? I'll go first. Go for it, man. I will say uh, Warframe is mine. Uh, I was like the first free-to-play game I ever played. I believe it was a launch title on PS4. And uh, it was horrible. 
And then my buddy kept playing it a couple years later. And I was like, no, man, this, this game's just too bad. And I joked and got on him every single time he was on there playing it, but just kept playing it and playing it. And then one day he talked me into coming back and said it's so much better. And I played it for, I think I, my daily logins for that game. I think I'm at 7.59 days today. Uh, and I just, it, it completely turned around. And once I figured out the mods, they made everything better, the weapons, it's... And then the way that the developers, uh, every week they have streams, they do on Fridays, they tell you what's happening. They have TennoCon up in Canada uh, every year. It's kind of like BlizzCon, but it's their thing, TennoCon. And it's it's fantastic. I've never seen a developer that involved with the community. Like, it's it's literally like you could just talk right to the developers all day long. It's fantastic. I've never seen that in any game ever. Uh, I know it's a free-to-play, but Warframe is great on any system. I wish they had cross-save uh, on all the systems, but other than that, it's... Super cool, man. All right, I like it. Um, who wants to go next? So I go. Um, so I'll take the the other approach of good to bad. Um, let me tell you a little story about a game Sorry. that was so bad it needed to be... <laughs> no, <laughs> a game that was so fucking bad that it needed to be erased from its existence and relaunched. And that is uh, Final Fantasy XIV. Mm. Um, <laughs> the reason I say go- good to bad is because I was a huge Final Fantasy XI player. Um, I think I've dedicated more time to that video game than um, I was big into that MMO. I, you know, only reason I was able to quit because I sold my account. You know, I made a bunch of money off of it. Um, so when we knew that Final Fantasy XIV was in development, all of we had heard about it, we were so excited. You know, like it looked so awesome like i don't think i was more excited for the launch and then the game rolled out um it was like what 2009 2010 and what a piece of shit man that game was so bad like like you know i know final fantasy 11 wasn't didn't have the success that wow did but if it wasn't for wow it would probably be the most successful for its time um you know like dude you have a blueprint like hey final fantasy 11 was huge man it was super popular it was awesome like how could the follow-up to that be so pathetic? Um, and, you know, you guys feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but I've never seen something like that happen where the game is so bad, it just basically ended. And it goes on a hiatus for three years, and they make a whole new game and title it Final Fantasy XIV, A Realm Reborn. Like, man, I mean, kudos to them. They must have lost a ton of money for doing that shit. Um, you know, I... I didn't play the the next one. I was, you know, I, I was done with the MMO business by then. But for all in, from everything that I've heard, it was a pretty, it is a pretty solid MMO now. I've seen chances of coming. Um, so I guess maybe that's a good to bad to good again. But yeah, I personally haven't been more disappointed in a video game ever. And I think I've ever seen. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you jump back into Rome Reborn because I heard the same thing. Like fourteen when it came out was shit. And they yeah. got rid of it. And then everyone likes Rome Reborn now, so I don't know if you played it or not. But oh, I, I played it, it a little bit. It. Yeah, I played it a little bit like a free trial, but then I realized like, hey man, my MMO days are, are, are behind me, man. I, I can't I can't dedicate that kind of time, you know, to, to, to those kind of games. And I don't know that I want to. Like, dude, I play Final Fantasy Eleven so much, man. Like you know, and then it felt like shit like selling it for like two thousand dollars, you know. But um yeah, I I'm sure that it would have been good, but at that point I was so far removed um from from mmos that you know i just couldn't quite get into it but everything i've read is that it's been pretty good um so i'm glad you know that they that they turned it around and didn't just kind of like force it you know and just keep at it with with with, with a game that was clearly shitty i agree Who's next <laughs> uh i guess i'll suppose i'll go uh next and uh i was gonna do 
uh, Destiny, but I've talked about that game a lot. <laughs> um, so that was, instead, a, that was a close one for me. <laughs> that could have been me, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I feel like that's a story for another day as far as what kept me going there and, and how I think you can have one good feature that kind of floats a game until, you know, you... Um, until the developers are able to turn the, the entire ship around. But um, I, so my example, I'll probably use uh, as far as like my hype level being like all time high um, and then just absolutely plummeting. I mean, I'm talking like minutes after I got my fingers on the sticks. Uh, aliens, Colonial Marines. Uh, fuck, man. Like I am a huge fan of the Alien franchise. I absolutely adore some of the Aliens games that have come out in the past. Like I really loved the original Alien versus Predator for like the PC. I liked even the remake they did for like the 360 era. So when they announced and really started showing off um, Aliens Colonial Marines, I was very excited. They had a lot of really good supposed in-game footage that looked like it had beautiful graphics, tense combat scenarios, a lot of attention to detail. And of course, Gearbox being attached to it meant that the game had a lot of you know, promise because this was hot on the, you know, the heels of, uh, of Borderlands. Um, so, you know, Borderlands 2 actually, I think it come out just prior. So I was just, I was very, 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 very excited. I was gifted um, a uh, deluxe pre-order edition from my girlfriend at the time and uh, got it for a Valentine's Day present and immediately came home, popped it in, redeemed all the stuff and within i would say 20 minutes like of playing the game like the first mission just i couldn't believe it like i felt like there had to be a mistake um i there was a day one patch i was missing or something like i just couldn't believe how bad it was and uh i played through i think one more level and immediately like put the game back in the case drove to gamestop the same day and traded it in like i was like this the trade-in value will never be higher than it is today please like go ahead and just screw me up front and let me get something new because i i can't stand to play another moment of it and that was just so fucking heartbreaking did anybody play uh colonial marines here uh i had no intention of wasting my time with that game oh man i so i just like it was like one of those things where like i was stupid early 20s um didn't really think to like wait for reviews you know pre-orders were still kind of king at the time and fuck man if i'd only waited i think that thing got like fours out of tens and shit like it was bad and then you know it turns out years later that there was like a one missing letter or something in the code that may have made the ai a little more tolerable but like the graphics were not nearly as good as advertised even on pc um it just everything about that game stank which really fucking sucks but uh, especially after waiting so long so I would say that the the plummet from like hype train at max speed to just come utter misery has never been faster for me, probably personally. Yeah, I think I was working at GameStop at that point, and man, you've never seen a game get returned so fast. Mm. Yeah, I was like, I didn't even hesitate. I was like, man, I'm totally not uh, gonna even wait till tomorrow. Like, I just know that this game is something I don't want to play another second. <laughs> I felt bad because I hurt my my poor ex's uh, feelings pretty bad but I, I you know i was like just uh i'm like you play like you tell me what you think like am i just over and she was like oh god this is so bad she's like yeah, you're fine turn it so how about you adam do you have a a, a story or, or or a game is there anyone else left i'll go last zach, zach i think too right zach? yeah so mine mine uh i'll just do two really quick so one uh and it's this is just for me i need i need to i need 
I need to reiterate this. Oh, I need sorry. people to know. Are you good, man? Bless you. I understand that this is a great game. Okay. It just didn't do it for me. I was so hyped and I finally played it. Sunk about 20 hours into this thing. I, 25 hours. I gave it a chance and it's Breath of the Wild. Oh, okay. Man, I, I know it's a good game, right? There's just like, it, to me, it's just too vast, too empty. Uh, uh, too slow, if that makes sense, which is weird because I am playing Link's Awakening now, and uh, which is slow too, but like in a different way, and I absolutely love it. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. I know it's a good game and everything. Maybe I'll give it another shot, but like after 25 hours, man, and I just, I don't know. It just didn't do it for me. I, I found it boring, unfortunately, and it is what it is. On the other end of the spectrum, a game I played once, hated it uh picked it up again when i had nothing to play and ended up absolutely loving it is metal gear solid 3 and uh that game was just absolutely incredible um story gameplay you know everything man that game knocked it out the park and uh, i'm so glad i gave it another chance because you know it made me play the other metal gear solid games and uh what a great franchise so yeah that game was you know, a bummer at first. I, I, the gameplay took a little while to get used to. I feel like that's what did it for me. It, it was just it plays different from any other game that I played at the time. Uh, so when I actually took the time to get used to the controls and everything, uh, it just like you, like you said, complete 180. And I absolutely loved it. And um, I really hope they remaster that game because I would definitely. Awesome, man. Cool. Very good examples. I like uh, both of those. Kind of, yeah, one going from one way to the other. Because I, I feel like, like I said you can go either, either way on this one. All right, Adam, hit me with what you got, man. Oh, okay. Well, mine's not a game. Um, yes, he is, by the way. Uh, mine's not a game. Mine is a company slash a console, and it'll be Switch. I went from good to bad because oh, I do not like the Switch. I'm wow. over this console, hundred percent. Wow. Um, it's the same cycle I went through with the Wii U because I got excited for Wii U. Mario Kart came out. I was like, I'm going to get this. I'm sure other great Nintendo games will come out. I bought Mario Kart 8 and I played Smash Brothers and I wasted $300 for a console to play two video games. And the Wii U was a tough time, so that's excusable. The new Smash came out for Switch. I'm like, hey, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get Pokemon. I bought my Switch last December. It is now beginning of November. I have bought three games for the console. And it's the same thing. It's like... Because I was having a talk at a bar the other night. My one friend, he loves Nintendo. Everything that they ever put out, he thinks is the greatest thing ever. My other friend is like, I'm going to buy it for Pokemon. I'm going to sell it when I'm done with Pokemon. And I think I'm more on his side. Like, it's not bad. It's not a bad console at all. But for what I do as a gamer, it's pointless to me. It's like one or two games a year at max that I want to get on the console. And there's no port that I want because I think all the ports are really bad and being portable doesn't mean anything to me. I've used it portable one time in the almost year that I've had it. Like, honestly, I'm probably going to get Pokemon, take it to PAX East just because, you know, that's a one time I'd use it portable and I'll probably sell it after that. I just, I'm, I'm not into it. Nintendo makes good games. I don't care about 90% of the games that they make. So it doesn't do anything for me. And the third party stuff is worse on that console than anything else. So I was hyped for it. I got it when Smash came out. I'm like, man, I'll play so much on this. At the end of the day, I'm, I would have played. I'm going to play three games. I'm going to play Smash, Marvel Ultimate Alliance, and Pokemon. I'm probably going to be done with the console. No Odyssey, no Breath of the Wild. Don't care. Okay, fair enough. Um, I I love my Switch for uh, indie games. Like I, I get to play so many more indie 
and you know if you're not into that that's totally fair. well that's but, the thing it does have awesome games and like devolver puts a bunch of good stuff on there but Devolver yeah. also puts it on everything else i'm like i will just with the way that they're not you know hardware intensive i'll just play devolver games on pc at this point yeah it's just that like uh, for me like i i at my lunch break like at work like i get to play probably a dozen more games a year than i normally would otherwise when i'm at home and i've got the opportunity to play something on my console i'm tra- chances are it's going to be a triple a title it's just how i am um whereas like my switch i like i can play all the stuff like ape escape i would have probably never played otherwise this year and hollow knight you know and, and all these fantastic games so that, that's why i like it. and then of course like the nes and snes library is really cool to have on the go um yeah it, again topic yeah, for another yeah completely valid i've played it portable one time oh gotcha. i don't I, there's no point in my life where i'm somewhere that I'm not either driving or at work and can pop it out and use it. Like I don't, the portable yeah. argument doesn't mean anything to me. Cause the only time uh, I'm going to play a game is I'm either driving to work at work, driving home or at home. There's that's crazy. no point for me to use it. It's so, all coming together for me. I can totally understand why you probably don't like, like that, that is how I mostly play my switch. I me too. can count on my fingers, you know, the amount of times I've had that thing docked. Um, and so that makes a lot more sense to me. Yeah. Like I said, Pokemon to me, I honestly bought a switch for two games, which is fine for me. Whatever I got it at a discount. It's good. And I'll use it. Like I said, I'll go to PAX East with it. And that will be the second time I've ever used it portable off the dock. And that'll be it. It's just, again, it's not bad. It's just not for me. Like I don't care about the exclusive mostly except for the ones that I would pay $300 to play. And then, um, yeah, I just, I don't use it for the, the portable it's, it's it's nothing for me so i was really excited when it came out and i still like those two exclusives but i'm i'm down on i probably won't buy another nintendo console to be honest with you i said that after the wii u and look where we are but you know that's the total opposite for me because like i was never a big uh, nintendo handheld fan and that's kind of how i viewed this like sure it would be like a home console but it felt like they were really marketing it as a home console on the go so it was pretty much another handheld that's how i looked at it when it was getting ready to be launched but me being me, I just want to have all the consoles. So, you know, because I know, you know, like you, Smash Bros. is going to come out and I'm, I want to play Smash Bros. I like Zelda, so I want to play the Zeldas that come out. So there are games that I, I would want to play. So I picked it up. I got it. Um, and man, I I love this thing. And, I, you know, I'm the opposite. I, I don't ever play docked. Um, it's always just on the hand, uh, the handheld. Um, you know, I and it's cool because you know i'm like you i i don't play a lot of switch at home i i I totally like and like chris like if i'm at home like i want to play my xbox i want to play my playstation like i want to play one of these bigger titles you know uh but like i'm okay with letting my switch sit there because i know when i go on vacation or when i go somewhere that i'm gonna have to be on a plane like man i have three or four games on the switch that i'm gonna be able to run through so, you know, yeah. that's that's how I look at it. So, yeah, completely valid. Like, I'll let it sit there for four months and then use it. But I'm like, someone will give me $250 for this right now. And I don't have to waste my time. <laughs> yeah, man. That thing keeps me sane during the work week. Like, I, you know, when I when I take lunch, like it's it's so dope to sit in the yeah, break. I, I wish I was in a in a in a reality of my life that it made sense. But I'm just like, and again, the same thing with me. I'm like, why did I buy this fucking console to play two games? But it's like, but again, I'll probably play Pokemon. I love it. And then I'll get my money back. But yeah, I wish I wish I was in that situation. But hey, who knows? Maybe you'll go to PAX, play some indie games or something that you really like on Switch. And, and they better come out on PC. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I, I hear you, though. That was an interesting uh, answer that I wasn't expecting. 
uh, like I said, I think given your circumstances, I can totally understand where you're coming from. So uh, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but uh, me through, I, through the through the down parts. Yeah, <laughs> I have to uh, go. Unfortunately, um, my heart out is uh, is here. So uh, we'll have to talk about what we've been playing um, probably on the next episode. But we pretty uh, much I, covered that in this anyways. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's very true. Kind of in the natural course of things. But uh, um I had a good night as always, guys, and um, I look forward to, to the next one. And uh, thank you all, you beautiful listeners. Uh, thank you, Adam. Thank you, Zach. Thank you, Bobby. And we are out. Take it easy. Have a good one.